Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I typically read a poem from my book of poetry. However, earlier today, I was going over my journals from times past, and I ran across a very interesting detailed, heartfelt poem. And this is raw. Now y'all know on this podcast, we are real and wise. Um, And this is not speaking to every male in the world. (laughs) However, this was written September the 28th of 2009 by yours truly. And I was feeling some type of way y'all. I truly was. So it's an acronym. It's actually an acronym. Um, it's how I set this poem up. And so the name of the poem is called Enough Already. Huh. So let me go ahead and, and set this up for you. So apparently when I was reading over what led me to write the poem, um, I literally... Was Yeah, I was really definitely feeling some type of way. I wrote so much leading up to this poem. Um, and what I will say, because maybe this is a subject that needs to be talked on, because I don't believe that I went through this or I came across this on accident. I believe that everything is for a reason. And so um, let me see what part I can share in terms of the actual message. So I'm going to leave the name anonymous. Again, this is raw. (laughs) So um, this is written many years ago, but I'm sure someone can relate to it. So even if it's just one person, then that means that I am doing what I was called to do. And so it says, I didn't hear from this person again today. So when I look back over this, when I look at my my actual journal, it appears that what happened was when I wrote this particular part, 13 days had passed. So almost two weeks since I had heard from this particular person that I thought was a reciprocated relationship from what I gather. And according to what I have read, we were intimate before I took a trip out of town. And when I came back from out of town, I never heard from him again. And according to the, uh, the insert, it says, I didn't hear from this person again today. I guess he broke up with me. I just didn't get the memo. So, I went to get tested for HIV. It was negative, but I will need to go again in three months. On December the 28th, so I wrote the date down and everything, because that's one thing I do do is, is, oh, I'm not active now, but leading up to being active and even after getting tested is something that I take very seriously, as anyone should. Um, You should always be aware of what is taking place I don't just get tested for HIV. I get tested for everything. 
<clears throat> excuse me, because I believe that you just should be aware of what's going on with your body. I was so nervous. This is the very first time that I can remember ever being nervous like that. Maybe because of the dream. Because I, I I'm a dreamer. I think I've shared that with y'all. Well, God has granted me more undeserving mercy. I'm not quite sure what his will or plan is for my life and he or his purpose for my life. But obviously it doesn't consist of having a man right now. I'm so hurt right now. I'm trying very hard to cover my emotions and feelings. I was really starting to fall for this guy. My aunt started speaking against him, but I didn't see those negative qualities in him. I think he is torn. Not sure how he not sure how, but he just doesn't want to be bothered even with me. That really hurts. I deleted his cell phone number again <laughs> in order for me to um, not harass him. I won't be going by his house anymore. I won't be calling him anymore. I will try to pick up the pieces once again and move on. It so hurts, but God knows what's best for me. I will get through this and be stronger than I've ever been. God has truly placed his hand. God has truly placed his hand on my vocal cords because an anointing is flowing from the pit of who I am when I've been singing lately. My testimony is pressing through. My voice is getting stronger. My will to overcome is getting stronger. My desire to live an abundant life is getting stronger. I'm having an internal battle because my body is wanting to go in one direction when my spirit is trying to go elsewhere. My body wants companionship, but my spirit wants liberty. Oh yeah, some man tried to talk to me. He told me how sexy I looked. I'm appalled. I came up with this poem while at the clinic. Again, this was written September the 28th of 2009. And it's called Enough Already. And again, it's an acronym. So as I read this, just imagine the acronym. Here we go. Even though he says he's committed to you and monogamous and true, Never trust a man who's willing to have intercourse unprotected. Y'all, that goes for women too. Only Jesus cannot lie. Why be so quick to trust someone who is new in your life? Unfaithfulness is running rampant in this world. It's like these men don't know how to really court a girl. Gorgeous or not, this HIV and AIDS epidemic is real. Have enough love, honor, and respect for yourself, girl. Abstain from sex until your wedding night. Love God, then yourself, so that things can turn out right. Rely on his promises, the ones that you know are the truth. 
Even when you feel lonely, use those moments to meditate on God's word too. And don't ever think that you're in this by yourself. Devoting time to God, putting yourself and your desires last is a struggle for most. Your prayers will not go unanswered though. And sometimes the very best answer from God begins with the word no. So I wrote that again, September the 28th of 2009. But when I'm reading this, I realize that it took more than once for me to learn from my mistakes. I didn't just make a mistake by having unprotected sex. I mean, y'all have heard it before. I have six children, so that went the only time that I've had unprotected sex. But for some reason, in my naivety and the fact that I felt, I guess, subconsciously that certain things couldn't touch me. And that's just being crazy, if you think about it. Absolutely crazy. But I'm glad that God graced me. And I'm glad that he covered me, even in my disobedience, even when I wasn't operating according to what I knew to be the right way to do things. Even when I let my flesh dictate what I needed to do, instead of me being obedient to what my spirit man was telling me, which was, first of all, you don't even know this man. You don't know where this man came from. You don't know anything about him. You only know what he's telling you. You should have enough respect for your body not to yield yourself to someone that you don't even know. Not to, and then to put yourself in a position that you do got to go to the clinic and go get tested, whether it be for a pregnancy test, whether it be for STDs, putting yourself in that position because you're trusting that person at their word, but not really knowing who it is that you're dealing with. So now, fast forward, I've been married, I've been divorced, I've had the children out of wedlock, I've had children in wedlock, I am able to look at intimacy from a totally different lens, which is why abstinence for me seems to be the right answer. Because first of all, it's allowing me to practice self-control. It's allowing me to meet people and get to know them on a totally different realm without allowing lust to be the dictator and be the reason why a relationship goes a certain way. When all is said and done, I may not even like that individual. But because if I were to let lust lead then I'm going to reap what I sow. Another reason why I'm so adamant about Lord say the same, I pray he does meeting my purpose partner, doing life with my purpose partner, having that dialogue with my purpose partner. What are your goals? What are your aspirations? What are your dreams? And not just conversation, but to truly see actions and everything aligning spiritually, mentally, emotionally, to be connected on a much deeper level than just that surface stuff. Because as I read my journal insert over the those days of that of those two weeks, let me see if um 
Yeah, over those two weeks, it was as if I were used. No, according to this, he came. Okay, so. Well, according to this, he came back into the picture. So, however it works, we went through this whole roller coaster, which now I can look at this from a totally different lens. This man wasn't loyal. Loyalty wasn't on his agenda. I was a single mother of three children at the time. He saw an easy feat and I made it easy for him. Let's just call a thing a thing. So by my doing that, I ended up reaping what I sowed. I ended up reaping what I sowed. And that was having the fear of catching an STD. That was having the fear of am I pregnant again? That was having the fear. And I had to go through that whole entire thing because although I knew Maybe you shouldn't be doing this. I did it anyway. So I had to reap the consequences of that. I did it anyway. And like I said, by the grace of God, God kept me covered. I didn't catch anything. I didn't have anything. He didn't have anything. But at the same time, it's like, why go through that? Why go through self-sabotaging? Because self-sabotaging comes in different forms. It comes in different ways. It presents itself in so many different facets. And so it's like, why self-sabotage? Why not do the opposite and honor your temple? Why not take the time out to get to know people for who they truly are instead of allowing... And this is just my opinion. This is based upon my experience. Everybody has a different experience. I'm only speaking of my personal experience. I've been on both sides of the fence, so to speak. What I'm learning is that my doing it this way is more healthy for me mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually, that is healthier for me. And yes, there may be some that differ because, you know, I hear people talk about, oh, so now that you're abstinent, you know, you, you need to relieve some stress. No, I know how to relieve stress. I got a podcast. I know how to relieve stress. I got a pen and paper. I know how to relieve stress. I listen to Audible. I know how to relieve stress. I have friends and family that I can talk to, trip out with, laugh with. I know how to relieve stress. It does not have to equate to sex or premarital sex. Been there, did that. It did not work for me. If I could turn back the hands of time, I probably wouldn't do anything different because I love all of my six beautiful children. All of them. Wouldn't trade them for the world. But if I could speak from the older version of myself to the younger version of myself, I would say, girl, you had something. You have something. Hold on to your virginity. Is This is what I would have said to the younger version. Hold on to your virginity. Wait until your purpose partner presents himself. Wait until he shows you your, that he reaffirms the beautiful woman that you are. Wait until he ministers love to you and lets you know you mean so much more to me than just that. 
I want to do life with you. I want to do life by your side. I want to propel you into the greatest version of yourself. I want to edify you, build you up, minister you to you, go through things with you. I want to be able to grieve with you, laugh with you, have little petty arguments with you. Just, I just want to do life with you, raise my children with you. Wait until that person. And I know everyone's testimony is different. There are some people that, you know, but I'm not speaking to those people. <laughs> you had a greater testimony to God be all the glory. To God be all the glory. I'm speaking to the ones that for some reason feel as if they lead with their body that they'll get the man. Baby, the way the word works, it says he that thinks he's something when he is nothing deceives himself. That is an act of deception to believe that if you lead with your body that you can keep someone that way. There's got to be so much more that you bring to the table than what's in between your legs. There's got to be so much more. I remember there was a book. I had went to the um, Bronner Brother hair show. And there were certain people that were um, selling there were vending. So they were selling their books and they were having, you know, these moments. And there was one particular book. I wish I could find it right now, but I'm going to have to paraphrase because I don't remember it verbatim, but it says something to the effect of if you want closure in your relationship, first start with closing your legs. And he went on to talk about how he kept playing mind games with the girl who he knew was sold out for him would do anything for him would drop everything for him but he knew that he was emotionally unattached emotionally unavailable but because he knew that she would pretty much run to his every beck and call and when he was bored he knew that he could go and call her and then pretty much get his rocks off and then go on about his merry way he used that to his advantage for years mentally by the time it catches up to her that you never intended to marry me you never truly wanted me it was something that I did in the relationship maybe in the beginning or maybe toward the middle or maybe even in the end that caused you to realize I'm only good to sleep with but instead of me recognizing that the only time that you would call me is when you were ready to lay down, that you weren't trying to take me nowhere in public. And then there are those guys, because this particular guy that I wrote this about, oh, we were going places in public. We were going to the games together. We were doing all of that. But at the end of the day, you weren't 100% in. And so here it is. I didn't gave my body to you, had unprotected sex. And now I got to start doing the countdown. Let me go get tested for HIV. Let me make sure I don't have nothing from you. Let me make sure I don't have chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, whatever. Let me do all of that. When I could have just kept my legs closed, watched your actions, and paid attention to, is he just running games? So when I went and looked over the journal inserts, what I also recognized is that I contacted my little brother, who was like my big brother, and I asked him, like I gave my brother the scenario, and I was like, what is your take on it? 
And his thing was, oh, he just wanted to sleep with you. That was it. He never intended to be with you. That's That was all you. He That was not his objective. And I was, and you would think, this is just me thinking out loud. You would think that after experiencing, because according to this, I didn't go to school for a day. I had to call in. I was so distraught when it was apparent to me that we had finally broke up. Um, let me see. Oh, that's the other thing I noticed in these, in this journal that he only would show up later in the day. Sometimes, most times. So according to this, um, we ended up watching a movie, going to, I was so detailed. Lord, maybe some of this will be in a book one day because I was so detailed. But it was late. It was 11.25 p.m. So you're, you're coming over when it's really time to go to bed. So even though I communicated to you what was going on and that Aunt Flo was present, we watched a movie and we fell asleep. But the thing of this is all according to my journal, y'all. So <laughs> I'm just letting you into my world back in the day. And so, um, but the thing of it is, is that looking over this, we got to set the standard. We've got to be the one to set the standard. We, you teach people how to treat you. So if you lead with sex, Nine times out of ten, they don't feel like that's all they can get from you. Or that's all, you know, like, oh, okay, well, that's what you led with. So guess what? I mean, we could try to make it where we do more than just that. But even when we're doing more than just that, because that's how you led, that's what's going to be on my mind. I'm going to do all of this, hang out with you. But in the back of my mind, oh, we're going to end with a nightcap. <laughs> if you lead with conversation, if you lead with getting to know the person, guess what? You start to build a relationship with them. And even if it never turns romantic, maybe, just maybe, you could at least have a friendship, a newfound friendship. Your dignity is intact. You're able to walk with your head held high. You didn't lose anything. You didn't compromise anything. You feel more confident, or at least you should. And you're able to see this person from all different sides without compromising yourself in doing so. Without trying to prove that you are better than the next person in bed. Okay. That shouldn't be what you lead with, boo. I'm just saying. That's just my opinion. But I had to learn that my own self. I had to learn that. Because for some reason, something took place in my life. At one point in my life, where I started to believe that the only way that I could get a man or keep a man was to open my legs. And that was just the wrong thing to think. That was just the wrong thing to think and it was the wrong thing to do. And it's taken all this time for me to recognize that, for me to recognize that when I look over my journals, that I'm just like, girl, some of this stuff you could have avoided. 
This You can't play the blame game on this one right here, boo-boo. Because guess what? You did it to yourself. No one held a gun to your head and said you had to do this. You did it to yourself. Therefore, you dealt with the consequences or had to deal with the consequences. And yes, they were very painful. It was like a cycle that for a while I just could not get out of. And so it's, I was literally, in a sense, torturing myself. And I just wasn't aware that that's what I was doing. I was literally torturing myself. That's abuse on a whole nother level. Oh, let me hurt me before you hurt me. What? That don't even sound right. But that's what I was doing. Because I'm giving myself at that point to someone who didn't really know who I was, who never really laid out their plan or their intentions, who never really stated if they even wanted a future with me. But because I thought that if I give myself to you, you'll never want to leave. How cocky is that? How cocky is that? That is so arrogant. And yet... That was my testimony. That's what I was going through. That's what I was doing. Um, and then when I was reading, when I, as I read it to you all and let you shared with you about the whole spiritual aspect, I was literally having a tug of war. So my flesh was telling me one thing and my spirit was trying to get me over here and like, girl, be in praise and worship. Praise them. Instead of you worried about fulfilling the lust of your flesh, get into this zone. Now, I... Looking back over this, I wonder what the testament would have been had I, instead of pursuing my flesh and fulfilling the lust of my flesh, I wonder where I would have been and how that poem would have played out instead of it being enough already. I wonder how the poem would have played out had I been, had I made the choice to worship and praise and get engulfed in the things of God and the promises of God and who he says I am instead of trying to fulfill the lust of my flesh. I wonder if the poem would have been different. I wonder, well, first of all, I know that it would have been different because if I wasn't fulfilling the lust of my, my flesh at that time, I wouldn't have had to go to a clinic to find out if I had any STDs. So, I'll start there. Yes. Had I been focused on the spiritual aspect more so than the natural aspect, then yes, the point would have been different. And I understand like people go through things and, you know, this makes for reality because these, this is my reality. These are the things that I've gone through through the course of my life. And I believe one of the reasons why I love to be transparent is because there's so many people, there's so many people in this world that pretend like their stuff doesn't stink. That pretend like I've never been through anything. My heart ain't never been broken. Ain't nobody ever rejected me. Ain't nobody ever abandoned me. Ain't nobody ever mistreated me. Um, I'm all that in a bag of chips. And you very well may be, but it still does not mean that you haven't gone through something. Now, you may know how to cover your stuff up a little bit better, but in order for me to heal, I've just learned that I need to uncover that stuff. I need to remove and pull back those layers and deal with the insecurities and deal with the nuances of relationships and of myself that I need to be able to deal with that. 
instead of pretending like I've got it together because I don't. I still don't. Even after making the decision to be abstinent, it's not like the struggle's not real. You got to remember, I've been married before. I've had multiple children. So it's not like I'm unfamiliar with what sex feels like. I've just opted to do things differently, to do things more godly. And even in that is still a struggle at times. Because it's, I'm constantly having to, that's why I'm surrounded by accountability partners. But it's like, I, so there are moments where I struggle with, because you still hear the voices, you still hear, and I'm talking about literal people, but then, you know, even after they done said it, you still hear that. And so you still hear, well, how come you didn't have that attitude years ago before you had six kids? Now, all of a sudden you want to be abstinent. Where did they do that at? Ain't nobody going to be trying to date you and you trying to be abstinent. It's been heard. It's been said. And I still got to trust the process. I still got to trust the process. Because I've tried it every other way. I've tried it every other way. I tried to be an abstinent before I said I do. We didn't have sex until our wedding night. Talking about me and my first husband. We were never intimate sexually until my wedding night. Our wedding night. Tried that. We're divorced now. He's remarried. Was a virgin until I was age 17. Now... 30 years later, <laughs> I'm divorced and I'm a single mother of six beautiful children, but I've tried it. I've tried. So now I'm just like, okay, you know, we're going to try it again, Lord. We're going to try it again. But this time, because I didn't really define what waiting on you looked like when I did it the first time. Now I'm more specific, God. We're going to try this and I'm, I guess I'm going to try it until I get it right. How about that? I want to try it until I get it right. But the other ways didn't work for me. I don't like living in fear. I don't like what that feels like. I have six kids. I ain't trying to be in a situation where I look and be like, oh, girl, are you pregnant again? Oh, no. I don't want that to be my testimony. I really, really don't. And I've heard of that happening to people. I've heard of that happening where... Women are 48 years old, 49 years old, and they're expecting a baby. Honey, I don't want that. So, future hubby, if you are in the building somewhere, just know that um, I don't want any more children. Like, you can come with your own children, and I have my own children. But, honey, I'm not trying to do, uh-uh. We need to be talking about grandbabies. That's just where my mind is at. And I know some people are like, well, how do you know? You know, if you do meet your purpose partner, you're not going to be willing to give him one more child. God himself would have to say, give that man a baby. <laughs> I would have to hear the Holy Spirit say, give this man a baby. That is the only way that a baby is coming for me at this juncture of my life. I would have to literally hear God say that. And it would have to be ever so clear. And he would probably have to say it about three or four times for me to make sure it was his voice and that I ain't hallucinating or something. But yeah, because at this point in my life, having my baby as a 15 year old, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. 
You got to understand, I have been parenting for more than half my life. I've been a mother for more than half my life. I'm spent in that arena, ready to do something different. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Been there, did that. I want to do some other things now, like maybe be a grandmother someday, or I want to be able to travel the world. Um, and I just want to do me. I want to do me for a season. And so, and then eventually I want to be doing my husband. <laughs> However, while I wait and I am willing to wait, um, one thing that I have learned is that mm -mm, it's better not to lead with sex. That's just, in my opinion, I really believe that it's just better not to lead that way. Build a foundation if you can. Have substance if you can. Be each other's best friend if you can. That way, let's say something. I hope Lord forbids that anything like that should happen. But if your stamina decreases, his stamina decreases, you still got all this other stuff that you can pull from that will help to sustain your marriage. When y'all are not seeing eye to eye, when y'all are not on one accord, when you really pretty much can't stand each other, but you still like each other, you can still pull from something which will allow you to maintain your marriage. But if sex is all you two got, I'm sorry to tell you, mm -mm. you're going to need way more than just sex, honey, for longevity. At least that's what my peers tell me. And so I'm listening to them that it's going to take way more than that. So I hope that this has blessed someone. Yes, today I was super, super raw. I'm so sorry if you can't handle it. Um, I had someone tell me, they're like, oh, girl, you be. Yes, I, I just. Whoever God is sending to me, I refuse to put on airs. I really do. What you see or what you hear is what you get from me. I am not going to be that person where you're like, but I thought, you know, honey, this is who I am. Um, I try my best to speak the truth in love. I try not to sugarcoat anything. I feel like life is too short and the world is surrounded with a whole bunch of fakeness. I just don't want that to be me. And so I will share my truth, my whether it's good, bad, ugly, indifferent. Judge me if you want. I've been judged my whole life. Truly, I have. And so that's just where I'm at in my world. I'm, I'm truly at a point that I just want to be my authentic self and I want to do it unapologetically. So if I've offended you, my sincerest apologies in terms of offending you, but I am who God said I am and that's enough for me. So I had started a letter to my future hubby and then I think I ended up getting distracted. So I don't even know if I had an opportunity to complete it all the way. Um, so let me just see if I was able to to complete it. So for those of you that don't know, I like to read a letter to my future hubby um, as often as I possibly can. Um, so yeah, so I pretty much wrote about <laughs> the journal insert. So, dear few, it's dated June the 30th of 2021. Dear future hubby, I was looking over a journal insert that I wrote on September the um, 15th of 2009. 
what I read to y'all was the poem. So this actually, it all started on September the 15th. Then I wrote the poem 13 days later. But anyway, um, let me read this other poem. No, because it has his name on it. Okay, I won't read the name part, but it says it's called You Hurt Me. This was now this point was written on September the 15th of 2009. It said You Hurt Me. I believed you when you said what you see is what you get. You made me smile. We connected on so many levels. I had hoped that you would be the one. But as time progressed, your true color surfaced. Before I even realized it, you hurt me. You turned your back on me just because you could you hurt me all because i was misunderstood you hurt me the pain you caused resurfaced old wounds you hurt me i was blindsided by the dark side of you i'm not sure what brought this on i pray that this sorrow won't linger on and won't linger long I try so very hard to love with all of my heart. But when I let my guards down, it gets torn all apart. I needed closure from this relationship. I needed closure from this short-lived relationship. You hurt me. And then, y'all, I said his whole name in this poem. So I won't be saying that (laughs) on this episode. But yeah. I made sure. And the thing of it is, I don't even think I ever shared it with that individual, but I got it off of my chest. And so the letter to my future hubby, I digress for a moment. Y'all just bear with me. So (laughs) dear future hubby, I was looking over journal insert that I wrote on September the 15th in 2009. One thing that I noticed is that I sought after the counsel of my little brother although he acts like he's my big brother. We talked about the perception of some men. At that time in my life, I was a single mother of three children. However, unbeknownst to me, a young man, P-R-E-Y-E-D on me, not P-R-A-Y-E-D for me. After having this discussion with my brother, he didn't sugarcoat what he saw and what he heard. He told me, but I'm going to sugarcoat it. He said all the boy wanted to do was get his rocks off. So my question is, why aren't more people telling their truth? It seemed as if a stereotype or it seems as if a stereotype is out there that if you are a woman with a few children, that the only thing you're good for is sex. As if sex is the only thing to bring to the table. However, for a lot of single mothers, myself included, this is the furthest thing from the truth. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But do me a huge favor and please Take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.